Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, hey there, friend. I can always count on you to show up, can't I? I only hope one of these days you choose some appropriate footwear. Whoa, Chester. You recognize this one, don't you? No biting the listeners. Bad gator. Bad. Right this way to Casa de Blood. Woo! Sorry about that. Have yourself a seat, will you? Mm. That's better. You know, they say these things would kill you. But what kind of business would that be? I mean, what great American industry would want to kill their own customers? Ah, what do I know? At least nobody has anything bad to say about this stuff. All right, y'all. Smoke them if you got them and drink those glasses to the bottom. Because old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. This is Season 1, Episode 6 of Drew Blood. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an ad-free version of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today and get instant access from our friends at Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Oh, look at that. Here comes the storm. I swear that corporate rigmarole must be some kind of rain dance. Anyway, tonight's featured author is one of our favorites. A man who's been to hell and back and has returned with barely a hair out of place. A man who writes horror with a quill pen plucked directly from a raven's ass. In fact, the very same raven that gave Edgar Allan Poe so much trouble. That explains quite a bit, doesn't it? True story. This entry of Harville's Hellscapes takes shape in the recondite realm of long-haul trucking. And I'll assure you, if worlds do collide, if parallel dimensions converge, 
there's no better place for it to happen than a good old truck stop. So let's get on the road. From author Ryan Harville, I bring you The Middleman. Elmer took a drag on his Marlboro, paused a moment to consider the playing cards pinched between his thumb and forefinger, then blew the smoke from his nostrils in two thick plumes. He surveyed the two men before him, then let his gaze wander aimlessly over the parking lot of the Triple B. The Triple B truck stop was an oasis of light along the darkest stretch of Highway 19. The highway spanned from the Florida Panhandle, across the coast of Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, before finally terminating a hair's breadth from the Mexico border in Texas. There were a lot of empty spaces between the cities and towns along the way, and the Triple B filled one of those gaps. Half gas station and half diner, it offered a refuge to the weary truckers who made their living hauling cargo from one end of the south to the other. After getting the trucks lined up and settled for the night, Elmer has suggested a sort of friendly game of poker. His young trainee, Kyle, had wrestled the little card table out of the truck, and there they sat, betting quarters and dimes beneath the tall parking lot lights. He'd coordinated the stop with his buddy, Lewis, hoping that before the night was over, he'd have a pocket full of the old man's cash. God damn it, Elmer, Lewis said, his words puffing out the hairs of his thick, gray and handlebar mustache. Would you quit being dramatic and decide what the hell you're going to do with those cards before I up and die over here? Elmer retrieved the cigarette from his lips and cocked an eyebrow towards Lewis. Why, Lewis, are you dying and didn't even tell me? Every day, Lewis growled. But I'd like to finish this damn hand before the reaper's blade tears me a new asshole. Language, Lewis, Elmer chided. Little pictures have big ears. I'm 23, Kyle said, his voice flat. Why do you two insist on treating me like a child? Elmer chuckled. <laughs> Ain't no offense intended, kid. I'm just old enough to be your father, you know. Hitting the big 5-0 in a few years. Lewis here could be your grandfather. Fuck off, Elmer, Lewis grumbled. I ain't that much older than you. Point being, Elmer continued, well, we're just trying to connect with the typical example of the American youth of today through sarcasm and well-meaning insults about your mother and what she may or may not do in the bedroom. And there ain't much she won't do in the bedroom, Lewis concluded. <laughs> Lewis and Elmer's laughter echoed across the nearly empty parking lot. All right, all right, Kyle said. Say what you want about my mama, but it ain't gonna stop me from taking all your money tonight. Lewis smiled, his mustache curling with the corners of his mouth. Sounds to me like the apple don't fall too far from the whore tree. <laughs> Goddamn, I walked right into that one, Kyle said. His eyes widened as he pointed a finger at Lewis, whose smile suggested he had another quip. I don't do it, old man. I wouldn't, gonna, Lewis said. Low-hanging fruit. 
Now, if you had said you backed up into that one. <laughs> that drew more laughs until Elmer waved his hand. Okay, boys, enough chit-chat. Time to pay up. Elmer slapped his hand down on the flimsy table. Straight. Shit, Lewis said, tossing his cards face down on the table. Kyle grinned and Elmer's smile faltered. <clears throat> Flush, Kyle said, and slowly fanned his cards out to show a row of clubs. Elmer grimaced. That money would have been better spent on your mama. <laughs> Lewis and Kyle laughed again, but Elmer only managed to smile. He'd never tell the kid, but he enjoyed hanging around with him. It made him feel younger, or nostalgic at the thought of being 23 again, maybe. What was he doing at Kyle's age? Probably high off his ass and bumming around from couch to couch in a Soundgarden t-shirt. No one heard the woman's footsteps over the laughter. Hello? She said. Their laughs tapered off. They all looked at her as she stumbled over to them. She looked to be about Kyle's age. Her dark hair had an orange shine to it from the sodium lights overhead, and it flowed down over her shoulders to the straps of her navy shirt, the logo for NASA printed across the front. It didn't fit quite right, too short and riding up enough to show the skin just above the top of her jeans, and it didn't take more than a glance to tell she wasn't wearing a bra even if you weren't trying to look. We ain't interested, Lewis said, dismissively waving his hand. Hop on over to another truck, lizard. I... She said. Please, I need help. She fell forward, knocking the small table over and sending the cards flying and tumbling like dead leaves. Jesus! Kyle yelled, stepping over the mess and reaching out to her. He rolled her over and rested her head on one of his thighs. Are you okay? She mumbled something too low for Elmer to hear. Tell her to speak up, Lewis said. Elmer gave him an irritated sideways glance and knelt beside the woman. Hey, we're going to get you some help, okay? What's your name? Lindsay, she said, her voice a little clearer this time. Lindsay Jackson. I'm not sure what's going on. We'll help you figure it out, Kyle said. You got family nearby? We... Are we still in the park? The three men looked at one another, confused. What park? Lewis asked. Oak Mountain, she said. Never heard of it, Lewis snorted. You on drugs or something? Give her a break, man, Elmer said. He dug his cell phone from his pocket, opened the browser, and searched for Oak Mountain. His eyes widened in the blue-white glow of the phone's screen. Elmer cleared his throat. <clears throat> um, Kyle, you stay with her. Lewis, let me talk to you for a minute. Elmer led Lewis around the truck and stopped in front of the grill. Lewis, Oak Mountain State Park is in Alabama, and it's damn near 600 miles from here. Lewis raised one gray eyebrow. Pardon? Elmer turned the phone around to show him. Oh, that ain't all, Lou. I wish to Christ it was, though, because my head's about to bust open. Elmer scrolled further down the page and clicked on the link. Search continues for girl missing in Oak Mountain State Park. Lewis read aloud, squinting at the screen. Mm-hmm. Look at the date, Elmer said. She went missing in August. 
It's November now. I know what damn month it is, boy, Lewis said. Elmer pushed the phone closer to Lewis's face. The picture, Lou. Look at the damn picture. All right. Jesus. You know I ain't got my reading glasses on. Just let me see it, he said, taking the phone from Elmer's shaky fingers and holding it out at arm's length to see it clearly. Picture of Lindsay Jackson taken on the day she went missing, he mumbled. So what? Oh, oh, Jesus. He slowly gave the phone back to Elmer. What does it mean? I ain't got a fucking clue, Elmer said, looking at the picture again. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It showed Lindsay, same dark hair, wearing the same NASA shirt and jeans, and a pink backpack hanging from her shoulders. But this girl in the picture can't be more than 12 years old, Lou. The girl, the woman over there, looks about as old as Kyle. It ain't possible, Lewis said, his voice barely above a whisper. I knew it, Elmer said, but it's still happening anyway. Lindsay Jackson, not even a teenager, went missing 600 miles from here. And now she shows up three months later, still wearing the same clothes. Now too damn small for her, cause she's a goddamn decade older. Jesus Christ, Lewis said and shook his head. I wish you hadn't just spelled it out like that. That just made it all worse. Well, let's get back to Kyle, Elmer said. They returned to the scattered mess of the card game. Lindsay was now sitting up, her head down, dark hair hanging over her face. You do it any better, miss, Elmer said. She looked up with haunted eyes. I'm... I'm starting to remember things I don't understand. Well, well, that's good, ain't it? Lewis said. Uh, that you're remembering, not that you can't understand it. He turned to Elmer and mumbled. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying here. Kyle awkwardly patted her shoulder. Can you tell them what you told me? She nodded and began. I was with my family at the state park. We were having fun, fishing and swimming and everything. We had a campfire one night, and I had to, you know, go. But I didn't want to walk all the way to the public restrooms. So my dad said, just walk a little way into the trees. She grimaced. But when I was done, I couldn't find my way back. Everything was dark and the trees were closed in, and I screamed for my dad, but no one answered. 
I walked in the direction that I'd come from. I don't know how long, and, and then I saw the lights. I know the goddamn aliens. Elmer gave him a disapproving look, but said nothing. After all, he didn't have a better explanation. What? She said. No, nothing like that. They were headlights. In the woods, Elmer said. Did you come up on a road or something? She shook her head. Not that I remember. I just saw them shining through the trees and I walked to them. It was... Her face grew animated and her eyes wide. It was like this. A truck like this. She stabbed a finger at Elmer's Peterbilt. Wait, you found one of these in the woods? Elmer said. Could be a logging truck, Kyle said. I ain't never been up that way, but maybe. Lindsay, Lewis said. Did it have a flatbed with big logs on the back? No, she said. It was a big box like this one. Well, shit, Lewis said. Let's get her inside, Elmer said. Then we can call the authorities and try to figure this out. Ray's probably got the grill closed and clean, but I'm sure we can find you something to eat if you're hungry. Lindsay nodded and let Kyle help her up, but she kept one arm firmly covering her chest. Elmer pulled off his flannel shirt and held it out by the shoulders. Here, take this. She stuck one arm in and then the other and shrugged the shirt on as they walked past the gas pumps and over to the main building. The bell over the door rang out as Lewis opened the door, holding it wide for everyone to pass through. The lights overhead illuminated the rows of candies and chips. One of the old drink coolers in the back stood open, half empty, with boxes of cans waiting to be stocked inside. Cold air washed over Elmer's bare arms. Damn, you'd think Ray's cheap ass would have the A.C. turned down in November. Yeah, Lewis said. And he still got all the diner's lights on, too. Must have had a late night. Something tickled at the back of Elmer's neck. Something dark. Something wrong. Cal, he said as calmly as he could. Grew behind the counter there and looked beneath the register. Ray and Doreen always kept an old Mossberg pump action there. Grab it. What? Kyle said, a look of worry creeping over his features. Just do as I said, kid. What are we doing here, Elmer? Lewis said in a low voice. You think there's trouble? I don't know, Elmer said. But how many years we been coming to the Triple B? You ever know Ray to leave every light in the diner on past nine? Or leave the air running after sundown? Kyle spoke up from behind them. I got it, he said, and held the shotgun out to Elmer. Elmer shook his head. You hold on to it. I don't even know how to use it. Come on, son, Lewis spat. Your daddy ain't teach you nothing? Kyle's face hardened. My daddy died in Iraq when I was a baby. I don't know how to use this, and I don't want to neither. All right, Elmer said with a solemn nod. I'll take it. Let's check the diner first. The diner was separate from the rest of the store, with its own set of double doors that led into a small dining area with a counter behind which Ray spent most of his days scrambling eggs, flipping burgers, and deep-frying corn dogs. I don't want to go in there, Lindsay said. 
Shit, neither do we, but we got to, Elmer said. He pressed the slide release on the shotgun and drew the forestock back, nodding at the shell visible in the chamber. He pushed the forestock forward once more, the clack too loud in the quiet of the room. Okay, let's move. Elmer held the shotgun ready, barrel pointed at an angle to the floor, the stock resting in the hollow of his shoulder. He pressed the thin metal door open and stepped into the diner. Blood dotted the yellowed linoleum floor in haphazard sprays, all leading to a puddle forming beneath the counter. Sweet Jesus, Lewis said in a breathless whisper. From behind him came the sounds of Kyle retching and spitting. Ray was laid out on the top of the counter, one arm dangling off the edge, blood dripping slowly from his fingertips. Steak knives stuck out from his torso like a porcupine's quills. Well, hey there, gentlemen. The man was sitting in the back booth wearing a cowboy hat, a blood-streaked white shirt, and a wide grin. He had an arm around Doreen, her eyes red and swollen, her nearly white hair disheveled. There was a dish towel tied around her head, gagging her, and her tied hand sat limply atop the table. She let out a muffled cry at the sight of Elmer and the rest. Come on in, come on in, the smiling man said. There's plenty of room, but if you're hungry, well, I wouldn't trust the food here, you know. Looks mighty unsanitary from where I'm sitting. Elmer raised the shotgun. I don't know who the fuck you think you are, mister, but you'd better let that woman go right now. The man tilted his head to the side and put on a comical look of feigned puzzlement. Now surely you ain't gonna blast a bunch of buckshot this way, are you, friend? You run an awful lot of risk hitting good old Doreen here. And I think she's been through quite enough already. Ain't that right, Doreen? She said nothing, just silently wept. Why? Lewis said. Why'd you kill Ray? Oh, come now, the man said. Even with eyes as old as yours, you can see this was nothing but a terrible accident. Poor old Ray slipped and fell on a knife. Then he did it again, and then twenty or so more times. Why, if it wasn't so awful, then it would have been hilarious. He's no Laurel, or Hardy for that matter, but he definitely could have been the fourth stooge. What the hell is he on about? Kyle whispered. Elmer slowly took a few steps toward the man careful not to slip in the blood. Hand over Doreen, and this can all be between you and the cops. We just want to make sure she's safe, that's all. That is mighty kind of you, the man said. He leaned back against his seat and sighed, and Elmer saw a scar on the man's neck right below his ear, shaped like the number three. The man continued, But I just can't give her over. I will, however, propose a trade. I give you sweet Doreen here, and you give me back my little lost sheep. What are you talking about? Lindsay, of course, the man said. Let her come back to me, and all is forgiven, 
and we can move on our separate ways. The men all turned and looked to Lindsay. I just want to go home. Just want to go home. Just want to go home. She whispered, her eyes shut tight and her balled up fist held to either side of her head. You're the one who took her, Elmer said, stunned. You kidnapped her. I found her, the man said, pointing the knife he held toward Elmer. But I guess if you want to be specific, the witch in the woods found her, and I came to pick her up and take her away. To where? I just told you, the man said. Away? She ain't going anywhere else with you. Look, the man said, I'm what you'd call a middleman. I take lost little girls from one place and transport them to another, wherever the client wishes. And if I'm not back on the road with little Miss Lindsay here, then my boss, well, let's just say he won't be none too pleased. That sounds like your problem, Elmer said. No, 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 the man said. If my boss gets involved, it's everyone's problem. Lewis stood next to Elmer. He's connected, Elmer, Lewis said. Illuminati or the deep state or something else. Knock it off with that shit, Elmer hissed. There ain't no deep state, no Q, and no reptile people. Get your head out of Fox News's ass. He's just a murdering asshole with a hostage. But what about that damn time jump, Elmer? Huh? What about that? Yes, the middleman said with glee. What about that, Elmer? Shut the fuck up before I paint that wall with whatever brains you got left, Elmer said. Maybe I'm an alien, the middleman said. Or maybe I'm a hidden operative all jumped up on adrenochrome. What do you think there, Lou? Lewis lowered his head, looking ashamed. Could be either, he said. Jesus wept, Elmer said. Enough of this shit. Let the woman go. The man sighed. I really thought we could just make this easy. But I guess not. The middleman swung the knife up in a vicious arc and planted the blade in the soft skin right beneath Doreen's chin. She sat there, eyes wide and jaw bobbing up and down, looking like a fish left out of water. He pulled the knife away and Doreen's blood sprayed over the old tabletop. Oh, buddy, the middleman said with a laugh. I ain't had this much fun in years. Elmer let his eyes leave the growing puddle of Doreen's blood. He aimed a shotgun at the man's chest and pulled the trigger. No deafening boom came, only an underwhelming click. I'm afraid it ain't that easy. (laughs) He lifted himself up and stood on top of the table. Elmer racked the shotgun, sending the shell turning through the air as another clicked into place. He pulled the trigger again and was again disappointed. The middleman shrugged his shoulders. You can try the other shells if you like, but I'm going to have to go ahead and tell you now, they ain't going to work any better. When you've been around as long as I have, you get a feeling about these things. 
Elmer lowered the shotgun, and his mouth felt dry and sticky as he spoke. Who are you? he asked. Mostly a man, the middleman said and hopped down from the table, his boot heels clicking loudly on the floor. And a little of something else. I can't let you take her, Elmer said. I don't know what you are, but you can't take her again. You can't stop me, Elmer, he said, and you can't stop her either. Lindsay, my sweet girl, do you remember our rhyme? Please don't take me, she said. Don't make me kill. Fire in the wood, you'll find a well, he said. Don't. With water deep and blue. Please. Whoever drinks by moonlight clear. Lindsay's expression grew placid, her eyes staring as if at something far away. We'll live a thousand years, she said. Good girl, the middleman said. Now go wait by my truck. These gentlemen won't stop you, because if they try, They'll find out how very unpleasant I can be when I'm angry. She walked between the men and out the door. Well, I'll be taking my leave now, the middleman said. I've got to get Miss Lindsay down there for her nap so she can finish her last little bit of growing up before I drop her off. Why, Kyle said. Why make her? Why make her grow up? The middleman looked at him, considering. Oh, okay. I guess I'll tell you a little bit. A tiny little bit. See, I get them right before puberty sets in. It makes it easier for them to forget their soon-to-be old life while they're napping the miles away. And the years. Then, when they're nice and ripe, I drop them off to the clients. Easy peasy. For what? Lewis asked. Not my concern, really, the man said. After all, I'm just a middleman. Just a regular old trucker like yourselves. Taking stuff from point A to, well, to some other point. He tipped his hat to them. It's been fun, gentlemen, but for all of your respective sakes, I do hope we never cross paths again. He left, and all three men followed him out wordlessly, then watched as the middleman sauntered to his truck. It was a great beast of a truck, black and chrome, all midnight and moonlight. Why didn't we see it earlier? Kyle said. Elmer didn't look at the kid when he spoke, because he didn't want us to. They all watched transfixed as the truck soundlessly drove past him, then out of the parking lot and out into the night. Now what, Elmer? Lewis said. We called the police and don't say a word about anything other than finding Ray and Doreen dead. Kyle shook his head. We gotta say something, right? We can't just let that asshole get away. We can, Elmer said. And we did. I've seen a lot of crazy shit during my time on the road, kid. Most of it I can chalk up to something scientific, 
even if I don't understand the science behind it. Unlike Lewis here, who just knows it's all some crazy alien bullshit. Fuck you, Elmer, Lewis grumbled. But this, Elmer continued, I can't explain this, and I ain't gonna try to explain it to the cops either. Sometimes you just gotta drive on, kid. Drink some coffee, crank some tunes, and just drive on. That sounds like grade-A bullshit to me, Kyle said sulkily. Elmer nodded. Yeah, it does. But sometimes that's all you get, kid. Sometimes that's the only explanation you get. You've been listening to The Middleman by Ryan Harville. A good reminder that you can't always avoid trouble just by staying on the straight and narrow. Sometimes trouble just spills onto the road, and all you can do is drive right through it. Sometimes it spills onto the other side of the road. And even though there's no trouble on your side, everyone has to slow down to have a look at it. For miles and miles, just crawling by in slow motion, Desperate to have a look at the idiot who ran into the median because his girlfriend texted him a dirty picture. Don't text and drive, friends. But I digress. A little about the author. Ryan Harville is a real person, as far as he's aware. While operating under that assumption, he writes horror stories centered around the strange states buckled beneath the Bible Belt. He does not recognize the bodies in the water. He's been lucky enough to have stories featured in anthologies, magazines, and podcasts, and currently writes exclusively for the Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights Network. Ryan Harville would like to take a brief moment to thank his lovely wife, Melissa, for the impetus for this story when she blurted out the phrase, Time-Traveling Trucker. <laughs> I don't even want to know about the kind of conversation you two were having when she blurted that out. <laughs> And still, I digress. For more info, please follow him on Twitter at Ryan Harville Writes or visit his website at RyanHarvilleWriting.com. For plenty more Ryan Harville Drew Blood collaborations, be sure to check out my playlist on Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights' YouTube page. You could make a day of it. And while you're at it, do something for me, would you? Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a five-star review and a kind word. Every one of these makes a big difference, and I'd really appreciate it, even if you're listening on YouTube. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at chillintalesfordarknights.com where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating all the way back to 2012, including past episodes of this program and all our other shows and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thank you for your time and for supporting our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show. 
If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases, and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook and Twitter, as well as Instagram. Stop on by and say hi to me. I won't bite. Much. Well, I'm afraid this is where we part ways, at least until next week. So grab a drink for the road, friend. But remember, that's a metaphorical road we're talking about. And if you are driving, maybe stick to the jumpy juice. So until next week, friend, may the wind be at your back. May the road rise to meet you. And drive on, friends. Drink some coffee, crank some tunes, and just drive on. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.